Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy folks and welcome to this episode of Grass Talk Radio. This is my podcast primarily to talk to students who are learning how to play bluegrass or you potentially could be a person who's been playing a while and you want to improve. And this is my chance to talk about some things in far greater detail than I can do in a book or in a video. So here's the topic for today. I call this how to fail. Or you might subtitle it the road less taken. And this episode is sort of a continuation of an idea that I talked about in Grass Talk Radio, Episode 2, The Ugly Truth. In that episode, I talked about the uncomfortable fact that a lot of people eventually give up and quit trying to learn how to play. And that's a real shame. But it is the truth. Unfortunately, most people who start out end up quitting and That's something that's been one of my primary goals all along is I don't want you to quit. And not just because I can sell you something more. Yeah, I need to sell some things in order to keep doing this. But truthfully, that is not my real motivation. I know how much fun I have had over the years playing music, performing. I I can't even imagine what my life would be without it. But I also know that I'm just a regular guy just like you. I wasn't born with any special superhuman abilities. And yet I had, and am still having, four decades of having a great deal of fun playing music. And I want you to experience that too. So, in this episode, I want to talk about, sort of continue on that discussion with a more detailed explanation of those two possible paths. One path leads to becoming a good, competent player who can enjoy it for the rest of their life. And the other path leads to frustration. And ultimately, in most people's cases, they quit. So for the purposes of this discussion, we're going to imagine some students. They might sound a little bit like you. Uh, We're going to Imagine that our student here is a beginner or pretty close to a beginner. And we're going to compare that person to that same person six months later and see how they've gone along those two paths. I'll admit there are some other paths in between and sometimes people jump back and forth from one path to the other. But to kind of simplify this, we're going to compare student A who goes down the path towards becoming a competent, intermediate player and has made good progress after six months. And the other person who, well, he's having a little trouble. And of course, when I say he, and I'm going to call these guys guys, and I've even given them names, but of course you could call them uh, by female names, of course, as well. I've had a, a lot of female students over the years as well. But for these purposes, I'm calling them two guys. 
So these two are sort of at opposite ends of the scale. They're doing things quite differently. And you may fall somewhere between these extremes. But let's take a look at these two guys. And let's talk about Bob and Dave. Now, we'll talk about Bob. After six months, old Bob, he's doing pretty good. And he's really coming along nicely, I'd say. And Dave, well, he's not doing quite as well. Now, they both started out exactly the same. And I'm going to say that they both basically have the same God-given abilities. There's nothing special about either one. Well, they're two average guys. And they both bought a new instrument. In fact, we'll pretend that they bought the same instrument. And they are really full of desire to learn how to play. Now, let me describe Bob. Bob is our star student here. Bob, now this is after six months. He's been doing, trying to learn how to play for six months. Now, here, here he is. I'll describe him at the six-month point. Bob's fingers don't get sore after playing for half an hour anymore. They used to when he first started, but they don't really get that sore anymore. He, he doesn't think about those sore fingers. And Bob has learned to tune his instrument confidently. Bob's instrument is set up pretty good, and it's comfortable to play. And he thinks it sounds probably about as good as it can get for a beginner-level instrument. Bob, he knows how to change his own strings, and he's done it a few times. Bob can play the seven most common chords in four different keys, and they sound pretty good. He doesn't have to struggle too much to play those chords. And by the way, those chords, those seven most common chords, are the one chord, the four chord, the five, the two minor, the three minor, and the six minor, and the seven flat. And I'm not going to try to explain that to you now. You can look at my video called Chords by the Numbers. And it's also explained in my two little theory books uh, for mandolin players. It's called Mandolin Masterclass. And for banjo players, it's called the Flint Hill Scrolls. So anyway, Bob, Bob's got a pretty good handle on the common chords. Bob is also able to play with pretty good rhythm, and he's got a little bit of variety in his strumming and, and the patterns he plays. Bob knows the chords and the chord progressions to probably 20 tunes or so, and he knows them by heart, and he can make those chord changes without a whole lot of trouble. Our guy Bob, uh, he can play the melody or a lead solo on about eight songs, and he's working on a couple of new ones, and his speed is improving. Bob has already been to three jam sessions, and he felt like he did okay. In fact, the third one, he, he felt like he did really well, and he's having a lot of fun with it. Bob is beginning to take some baby steps in learning how to improvise, which is making up solos on songs that he doesn't really know. He even stepped up to the plate and improvised a solo on a couple of tunes at the last jam session, and hurrah for Bob. It takes some nerve to do that, but it also takes some information. Now, Bob is doing so well that he ran into a couple of people at the jam session who actually play worse than he does. And on top of that, he was able to help them out a little bit and showed them a couple of chords. Bob looks forward to playing, and he's even starting to think about 
possibly rewarding himself with an instrument upgrade. So Bob's pretty well got it going on. So now let me talk about Dave, poor old Dave. Dave is not doing quite so well. Dave, his fingers get pretty sore sometimes. Dave sounds out of tune a lot, even though he thinks he's in tune. Uh, Dave either spends a lot of time fooling around with his tuning, or he doesn't bother to tune at all. He's got this attitude that he figures that he's probably close enough. So he really hasn't developed his ear for tuning yet. Uh, This guy Dave has the exact same model instrument as Bob, but it's not set up very good. And it's really hard to play. And frankly, it doesn't sound as good as Bob's. And Dave doesn't know why. And he's thinking maybe he ought to buy a more expensive instrument. I'm not sure that's true. Uh, On Dave's, uh, his strings are completely shot. He's, uh, He's kind of afraid to change them, especially after the mess that he made the first time he tried. Oh, and Dave, uh, he hits a lot of wrong chords. Sometimes he realizes it, and sometimes he doesn't even know it. Uh, Dave's rhythm, well, I would describe it as kind of sketchy. Now, to his credit, Dave has memorized two lead solos. He's got two tunes that he can play, and he's got them down by heart. I mean, he's memorized them, and he can play them. Maybe not fast enough to hang in there at the jam session. Sometimes they go too fast for him. And he has changed a few notes here and there in the solos that were a little too difficult. But he's he's quit looking at the tablature. And now that he knows the tune, quote-unquote, he just keeps playing them. In terms of chords, Dave knows about ten chords, and he could play about six of them. Oh, and he made up a couple chords of his own. And that's pretty cool. Maybe. It'd be nice if he knew what those chords were. Uh, Oh, and Dave went to a jam session. He went to one. And it was, well, pretty much a disaster. He had high hopes, but after about 20 minutes, he put his instrument in the case. And he was really disappointed because he didn't get to play the two tunes that he knows. Now, Dave did meet this guy named Bob at the jam session, and Bob showed him a couple of chords so he could play Sitting on Top of the World. Uh, On improvisation, Dave has no clue. He he wouldn't know where to begin with that. And uh, Dave is beginning to have serious doubts about whether he will ever be able to play very well. Dave has actually even thought about selling his instrument or maybe switching to a different instrument. In fact, his instrument is in the closet and it's been there untouched for about a month. So what are these guys doing differently? Bob seems to have it going on and Dave's not doing so good. Well, they've both been trying to play. So let's look at what they've been up to for the last six months. Let's examine what they are doing differently. Bob bought a decent beginner level instrument and so did Dave. Now, Bob, he researched and found a good teacher. Bob, in fact, chose an online teacher, that was me, and decided to follow a course of video lessons. He also picked up two e-books. So far, other than 
the purchase of his instrument, he spent like 50, 75 bucks, somewhere in that ballpark. And I will confess the truth. In my example, this guy Bob is using my videos and eBooks, but he, he could be doing this with somebody else's material. I like my own material. Uh, I will freely admit that. But we're pretending for the purposes of this podcast that old Bob's using my stuff. Well, he decided to do that after he, he, first he went to a music store and he signed up for mandolin lessons. He took one lesson from a guy and the guy confessed that he was pretty much mostly an electric guitar player. So Bob kept looking. Now, Dave, on the other hand, he spent a lot of time on the internet trying to see what all he could get for free. And there's a lot of good free stuff on the internet. I've got a lot of free stuff up there. And he's watched a bunch of YouTube videos. He even watched a couple of mine. But he really never followed the link to go over to my website and see what all was there. In other, in other words, he's just skipping around from a lot of different things. Now, Bob, our star student, he eventually settled on a plan of action. And he committed to following his plan for six months before he made any big changes. Dave, on the other hand, he really doesn't have a plan. His plan is, well, he knows he should practice, but that's about it. He knows he ought to practice, and he does practice sometimes. Now, Bob, our star student, he set himself up a quiet place to practice where he wouldn't be disturbed, and he wouldn't disturb anyone else. He got himself a music stand, and he made a written practice schedule. Dave... He didn't do that stuff. He gets his instrument out once in a while and he fools around with it. And he tries to play stuff. And maybe he watches YouTube videos and he tries to play along and he's tried all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, sometimes he even practices while he's watching TV. Now, Bob, he read up on how to practice effectively. And if you want to know how to do that, I've got a link in the show notes for this episode, which covers the basics of effective practice. Dave, on the other hand, he got the bright idea, and this is maybe not a totally dumb idea, but Dave got the bright idea of going on to an internet forum and asking for practice tips. He thought, you know, there's thousands of people on this forum. I'll say, you know, what's the best way to practice? So he got a ton of suggestions from about 30 different people in only two days. And at the end of it, he was more confused than ever. On top of that, he didn't know if those folks even knew what they were talking about. If you go on a forum and you see a, a guy with 12,897 posts, he's spending an awful lot of time telling other people his opinion. And I would just uh, propose this theory that some of the better players and the better teachers aren't posting nearly as much. I'll take, I, I have a blog post on that very subject and I will leave a link to it in the show note talking about, it's called learning by committee. You might want to read that. It's my opinions on all that. And I, I get on there and I post once in a while too, but um, not nearly at the rate that some people do. Okay. So now let's go back to Dave. Now, poor old Dave, he never made any kind of schedule 
Well, he made it, but he lost it and he never followed it. And sometimes he tends to do these long marathon sessions. When he gets the urge to pick, he, he'll pick for several hours. But sometimes a week or two might go by without even picking up his instrument. Now, Bob dedicates some time in every practice session to playing exercises along with a metronome. And he's actually using my metronome MP3 tracks, which came free with a couple of my ebooks. So that's, that's all he's using. He put them in his iTunes and he plays along with those. Now, Dave, on the other hand, he hates the metronome. He did, I think in the first week or two when he started, he bought a really fancy wooden wind-up metronome. It's a beautiful piece of work. And I think he's used it once, and he hates it. <laughs> now, Bob, our, our star student, he breaks songs down into small sections, like one measure at a time, two measures, four measures. And he really practices those over and over, and he learns that section before he moves on to the next part of the tune. And it may be a while before he plays the entire tune. Dave, on the other hand, when he practices, he likes to play the whole tune. So he starts at the beginning and he works his way all the way to the end. And then he goes and does it again, over and over. Now, Bob, our star student, he sometimes tapes his practice sessions. And he listens to them in the car the next day on the way to work. And he's been thinking about sending me one of those tapes to get my feedback. I don't know if he'll get the nerve up to do that, but I hope he will. And uh, he might even want to do it in with a video. Now, Dave, he does not like tape recorders. He did record himself once, and he, he said it made him really nervous, and he hates to listen to himself. Well, let me give you a little secret. If he hates to hear it, so does everyone else. Sometimes you've got to look in the mirror and really take a good look at yourself. And a tape recorder or a video is a mirror of you. It does not lie. And I think it's good to record it, wait a couple days, and then listen to it. Anyway, now let's go back to Bob, our star student. About once a week, Bob goes all the way back to the very beginning lessons and he starts over. And he reviews everything that he's learned so far. And if there's something that he's not doing as well as he did two months ago, he works on it again and it comes back. So he keeps resetting all the way to the beginning. Dave, on the other hand, he gets pretty bored playing all those scales and licks and stuff. He doesn't want to play scales. He just wants to get to the good stuff. So he picked out a, a tune kind of near the back of the book and he, he just... If I just practice this, I don't need to practice all the scales. I'll just practice this song. And that's, by the way, how he's been able to learn the two songs he knows. So Bob, he's steadily adding new material, and he's sticking with his plan. He's got a long way to go, but he's following his plan. And Dave, well, Dave's kind of getting in a rut. I don't think Dave's doing very well. Okay, so enough about talking about comparing Bob and Dave. Here's the bottom line. Bob has a plan. And it's a proven plan that has worked for thousands of other people. And he made the decision that he was willing to stick with it. He knows that Rome wasn't built in a day. And he's willing to put in the work now so that he can play 
later. And he's already playing. Dave, unfortunately, he is like the majority of people who decide to learn how to play. He doesn't really have a real plan. And he's not making much progress. And he's not having much fun. And the truth is, one of these days, Dave is going to quit. And that's sad, but true. Now, I always tell all my students, it's a lot more fun if you can actually play. But you got to work at it. And you got to stick with it long enough to make real progress. I hope you enjoyed this little comparison of Bob and Dave. You could call them Jane and Mary. And I want you to be sure to check out the resources and the links for this episode on the show notes page. Just go to grasstalkradio.com, click on this episode, and you'll find the links there. To end this, here's what I'd like to say. It's unfortunate that so many people start out with high hopes and end up quitting. I mean, if, if you, let's say you sign up for a subscription site, or you take lessons for three months, or you buy this book and that book, and you really want to learn how to play. But if you don't have a good plan, step by step, even if you formulate the plan, chances are you're not going to have much success, and eventually you're going to get disgusted and quit. Now, I want you to think back. Do you remember a poem by Robert Frost? And I mentioned Robert Frost briefly in passing in my book, Madeline Masterclass. Anyway, very famous poem called The Road Not Taken. And I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. But I think you should read that poem right after you've listened to this episode. Because it really talks about choices, two paths. But uh, let me just quote the last couple of lines of that poem. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Take care, and I'll talk to you in the next podcast.